Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome everybody to Locked On Lakers. I'm your host, Harrison Fagan, and I just want to start off today's show by saying that I hope you guys enjoyed our All-Star Preview podcast on Friday because recording that with Bryant, he was sick, now I'm sick, and so very upset with him, not bringing him back for a while. Anthony is also busy, so to replace him, I brought on Gary Kester, also of Silver Screen and Roll. Gary, how's it going? I hope you're not sick too, so at least one of us sounds good. No, I'm just uh, in shock. I was expecting a nice, uh, easy all-star weekend, and we got a little more than uh, than advertised. Yeah, so uh, obviously me being sick is the biggest news of all-star weekend. But right <laughs> after that is the Lakers were apparently involved in a potential trade for DeMarcus Cousins. So before we get into that, I just want to remind you that you can always find our full Locked On Lakers shows on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, Stitcher, TuneIn, and today's Fast Break. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code LOLAKERS to get a $20 rebate on your first ticketing purchase. It's a great deal. I've used it. Anthony's used it. We're going to convince Gary to use it in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins. Gary, would, just no matter what the offer, just fundamentally, would you trade for DeMarcus Cousins? No, I mean, it would have to depend on the on the price. And, you know, the Lakers are in such a kind of a weird situation kind of with their draft picks and stuff like that. Um, and, and really, I mean, when you're the Lakers, you got to look at this, like they're in it for the long haul, right? You know, they've built this young core and, you know, just getting cousins as, as gifted as cousins is as talented as he is. I'm not sure he's a guy that can lead a franchise as a, as the number one guy, like the clear cut leader. Right. You know, I think he's kind of like the number two option. So I think him with, Anthony Davis is is a pretty good fit, but that's a, that. I mean, that's just on paper. That's a monster front court right there. Yeah, it's it's hard to find a better. I mean, like a better one-two punch when you're talking about two big guys in the league right now. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. Is like if the Lakers traded away, like if they sold the farm for Cousins, how much better does that really make them? You know, like. I don't know. It, it's not a move to me that's like trading for Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you know, one of those guys where it instantly just makes you, you know, immensely better. Um, it, it would make you probably a better team. But like I said, I just I don't think Cousins, as talented as he is, is the type of guy that can just lead a franchise as the clear cut leader to being a, a contender. Yeah, to be completely fair to DeMarcus, Sacramento has been awful for his entire oh, yeah, time. Terrible. So terrible. bad. 
Like organizationally, roster-wise, just about everything has went about as poorly as it could have gone for him. But it's like you said, he doesn't seem to be that type of talent that is just like your LeBron or your Durant or your whoever, that just no matter who is on that team, they're going to be a playoff team because he is such a transcendent talent. And I think that, honestly, if you just look at the offensive numbers, you'd absolutely think that that's the type of player he is. But he mm-hmm. just he, he can be a good defender, but he just doesn't try consistently. And I think yeah. it says something about that, and I think it says something about – there are always these whispers about how difficult he is to deal with behind the scenes. Kevin Arnovitz of ESPN had, like, a really in-depth feature on, like, kind of who's to blame for the dysfunction in Sacramento. Is it Cousins or is it the Kings? And kind of, it's kind of both. They're, it sounds like they're both pretty hard to deal with behind the scenes. And I really think that it says something about the stories that must be going on behind the scenes in the league that the best offer that Sacramento could get for Cousins that they were willing to take was Buddy Heald, a 2017 first-round pick from New Orleans, Philadelphia's 2017 second-round pick, and former Kings Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans. Mm. I mean, that's... I I, I honestly... I feel like the Lakers could have beaten that if they wanted to. I don't don't think it would have been that hard. No, definitely. I mean, because... And, and that was, you know, that was the thing is that everybody was talking about because, I mean, we, I think we all kind of assume the Lakers are got to be really one quickly. Of the teams. Just the, these reports are via Adrian Wojnarowski, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. Wojnarowski is of the vertical. I just want to be clear that we're attributing this stuff. I'm not reporting this. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it's 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 one of those things that, you know, we Laker fans kind of immediately jumped in and were like, we just expected the Lakers to be involved because they've tried to get Cousins before. Yeah, and they, but... they were involved with the Kings in talks centered around – it was kind of not clear what the talks were centering around D'Angelo Russell. We just know that they had talks involving D'Angelo Russell around the draft, and then there's mm-hmm. been rumors before then, before they even picked Russell. And, you know, they, they're, they've been teams that have been kind of in and sniffing around. He, they've been one of the teams sniffing around Cousins the most consistently. I think I saw Mark Medina report tonight that the Lakers have, you know, they've consistently checked in on Cousins, but they've always been unwilling to include their young core, which reportedly was kind of the bugaboo tonight, that Wojnarowski reported that the talks broke down between the teams because the Lakers didn't want to include Brandon Ingram. Yeah, and and that's kind of the piece that I'm curious about is what would have been going with Ingram had they agreed to throw him in there because so that really let's get into that though like what would you what would be the most you'd be willing to give up for cousins honestly I was I was thinking this earlier and I would really just part with any any player on the roster any kind of package that doesn't include D'Angelo Russell or Brandon Ingram because his I mean DeMarcus Cousins agent came out and said today that he's probably not going to sign an, an extension with any team that trades for him so he could hit the free agent market next summer in uh, 2018 so I mean you're just running a huge risk by by shipping out you know either Russell or Ingram guys with tremendous upside and you know possibly getting a year and a half rental and, and it's not like the Lakers would make the playoffs this year you know if they swung that type of deal I mean they would if they did they would be the eighth seed and probably just get knocked out in the first round by the Warriors most likely yeah yeah I mean I don't even think that they I, I don't think that Cousins would even lead them there yeah yeah and, and so that's the thing so you're basically putting all your eggs in one season and if things don't go well and then he leaves and then you just shipped out you know your possibly your most uh you know promising prospect in in the process so you know, I think the Lakers kind of learned from the Dwight Howard trade a few years back to 
not trade for guys that can leave so soon. Yeah, I kind of have a few. I, I think that if it was me, uh, we, you know, we don't know how good Russell and, and Ingram are going to be. We That's just unknown right now. We all see kind of these right. ceilings for them that are really high, and we're all kind of close to the situation. So we see them a lot more than we see the rest of the league and probably value them more highly than the rest of the league does. But that being and that being said, I don't know that either of them will ever be as good individually as Cousins is right now. With that kind of out there, I also don't know that putting all, like you said, putting all of your eggs in one basket for Cousins is really the answer here. Because okay, so let's say it be I would have been willing to include one of them. I just wouldn't have yeah. been willing to include both because I feel mm-hmm. like if you include both of those guys in a trade for Cousins, what do you really have left? What are guys? lining up to come and play alongside. I don't even know, just based off of how low his value was, I don't know that Cousins is a guy that the rest of the league necessarily wants to come and play with. I mean, like I don't know that guys are lining up to play with him. And then well, you're committing all of this money. I think he's up for an extent. He's up for an extension, even though they said they won't take it. You know, agents have to posture. That's worth around like two hundred million. And so right. you're basically locking yourself in. This guy is going to be your highest paid player. He is the middle and center and like every the sun and the moon and the stars that kind of your franchise revolves around now whether or not your franchise is a flat earth or a circular earth like you know shout out to Kyrie Irving but (laughs) and I don't know that the Lakers I don't know that that's the best path path forward for them because then it's like you said what do they become that they're then they're they're the king south yeah and it's it's tough to gauge you know the like other star players interest in playing with cousins because you know obviously no none of them have joined him in sacramento everybody had cap space last year and you know they got guys like aaron aflalo and and things like that but um at the same time i don't think players were necessarily jump chomping at the bit to go join the sacramento kings for this reason you know that we just kind of witnessed today so it's it's really tough to see it to say like you know cousins won't attract other stars or that he will because we just don't know because I think I don't think Cousins was necessarily holding back other players from from going there but it's just it's the Kings like this is their reputation this is who they are yeah and okay so we'll talk about this a little bit more right after this break but first you know people may not want to go to the Kings but you know if you're a Kings fan and you're listening to this then welcome you can also use SeatGeek but I was going to primarily target this at Lakers fans if you want to use SeatGeek to come and watch the team play it's really easy you download it on your phone it's the easiest way that you can shop for tickets if you use just a few taps you can find games or seats for any you know game, concert, whatever you may want to go to, SeatGeek genera- Seat has it, and they give you a deal score so that you can find out kind of if the, that seat is a good deal or a bad deal relative to how it normally is. There are also price alerts where you can set the most that you're willing to pay for a ticket, and SeatGeek will let you know when and if things become available at that price. That's actually my favorite feature of it because I am a college student. I am a blogger, and therefore I am cheap. And so... <laughs> 
If I want to go do something, I want it to be at an affordable price for me. And price alerts on SeatGeek allow me to do that. It's really simple to use just from my phone. We aren't always at our computers. And sometimes you just want to be sitting on the couch and you want to get stuff done on your phone. SeatGeek allows you to do that with their really easy-to-use mobile app. And the only thing that's really easier is saving money on SeatGeek. For all of our Locked On Lakers listeners, if you use the promo code LOLAKERS, you get a $20 rebate on your first ticketing purchase from SeatGeek. Gary, does that sound like a good deal to you? I mean, it sounds like a better deal than the Kings got today. That's for sure. Oh, man. Shots fired. That's actually, <laughs> you know, that's actually somewhat accurate. Let's Again, like, I really don't think that they got a very good package. So the Lakers very much had to not be interested in Cousins, I don't think, for them to not make this deal. And do you feel like that kind of says anything about where the front office feels like they're at, job security-wise? Just speculating here, obviously, but the fact that they didn't make a big swing for the fences, I mean, do you think that that says anything about where the current front office stands in regards to their job security or where, you know, how much influence Magic is having? Do you feel like this is a deal that maybe he would have made if he was trying to go for the glitziest name to draw tickets or whatever? Mm. I mean, I don't know. There's kind of a lot to unpack here. Yeah, I mean, it's something we'll certainly know here in a few months when we hit the summertime. But, yeah, no, my initial thought was – you know, with uh, kind of magic involved and, you know, obviously I think Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss are on the hot seat here. So I guess my initial reaction was they're going to do anything they can to get cousins. So I guess I applaud them for really not, you know, just going all in just to make a move, you know, when their jobs could be up here in a couple months. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how much pull magic has right now i know he's technically just an advisor but it seems like he's really gunning for um you know a position that's much higher up than that and i know he was in new orleans at the game which i guess that's where a lot of discussions went on with the kings um with with cousins this weekend but we can't we can't confirm or deny that he was that he was there yelling at cousins like hey i'm gonna get you <laughs> hey you're a good player i like yeah. you Let's i get like you, you. I, I i like to imagine that when magic johnson is watching a game he's just telling people around him that every single player on the court is good <laughs> like lebron like during imagine him during the all-star game like his twitter feed but in person he it's just like like demarca like lebron gets a dunk wow lebron james is a top five player in the end <laughs> you know Kawhi gets a layup on the other end Kawhi leonard is so underrated he, <laughs> I, I guarantee sentences because the game is scoring so fast I guarantee he called Cupcheck like six times and I was like, wow, we got to get one of these guys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are really good. Yeah. Every, everybody here is an all-star Mitch. This is the best game ever. They scored 190 points trade for this team. Yeah. Oh man. No, but I don't know. I, I mean the cousin stuff, it, it's interesting that the Lakers were involved. And then my, my other kind of angle on it. And I tweeted this out last night by the time that people are listening to this, but I, I think that I can kind of see the motivation for the Lakers if they did leak that they, you know, that if they were the ones that leaked to the media that Ingram was untouchable, I can kind of see the motivation for that if we're getting if we're getting really, really woke here. Because I, I think Ingram that he's had an up and down rookie season. He's had moments where he's you know, it's what it's a plus for him to be a productive player as a rookie in the NBA at nineteen years old. Like and there have been times where he's been that. And then there have been times where he's been really, really bad. And coming into the final twenty four games of the season, I can see why the franchise might have wanted to leak something like this 
to kind of give him a confidence boost down the stretch. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're a player that young, you know, you're 19 years old, you're still, gosh, he's still seven months from being 20 years old. That's still crazy to me. But um, yeah, just when you know publicly, like, wow, my team would not trade me for an all-star player. You know, I think, and I, I think mean, Ingram would say it in exactly that tone. I don't know that he'd go <laughs> higher. That he'd be like, "Wow, my team wow, really likes me and is excited to have me on their team." That's great. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's got to be a confidence boost. But I guess you could also look at it as like there's there's a lot of pressure on me now. I've got to really perform so that people don't look back on that and say, "Wow, we should have included him in this deal." So I guess it just depends on how you look at it. But I would imagine a young player like that with the team showing that much confidence in him that, you know, it's, it's gotta be a confidence boost for him. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting how you say that because the Lakers, right. There is a chance that they go back and they look back on this and it turned out it was a mistake to not mm-hmm. include that, that, that there's totally that possibility because like we said, we don't know what Ingram is yet. And there are some people who think he's going to be Kevin Durant, but better on one end of the spectrum. And then there are other people who think he's go- who think he's going to be like Tayshawn Prince or, you know, even worse than, or Tayshawn Prince wasn't a bad player, but like there are people that think that he won't be a good player because they're judging mm-hmm. him solely off of this year. And obviously I think it's somewhere in the middle between those two spectrums. But there's a chance that the Lakers do regret this, depending on what the package that the Kings were asking for was that was including Ingram. Because, you know, maybe Ingram, even when he puts on weight, maybe he's not able to defend physical guys. Maybe his jump shot never comes around to the NBA level. I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but maybe that's what happens. Maybe D'Angelo Russell never gets that much better than he is right now, even despite the fact that he's putting up, like, numbers that only like really only future superstars have put up per 36 I forget what the exact stats are but uh, you see people throw Mm -hmm. those around every so often when people are calling Russell a bust where like he's one of the only 20 year olds to average like this many points and this many assists per 36 you know in NBA history Mm -hmm. and so maybe he doesn't reach the heights of some of those guys that he has statistical kind of similarities to, and maybe Ingram doesn't end up ever being good. And then in that case, the Lakers, they maybe they end up regretting this. But right now, I just, I don't see how this isn't kind of the right call if they were having to include both Russell and Ingram. Yeah, there's there's a number of dominoes that kind of have to fall, I think, for the Lakers to really regret not pulling the trigger on this deal. Um, obviously, like you said, I think Russell and Ingram both would have to really not pan out to what they thought they were going to be. And then if Cousins re-signs in New Orleans and signs their long term for, you know, four years or whatever, five years, whatever the case is, then it's like, okay, maybe we should have pulled the, the trigger on that. But, you know, I mean, even if those two players don't turn out to be like star players and then cousins leaves new orleans next summer i think you can if you're the lakers you're like well you know he left you know playing alongside another superstar player so it was probably better that we didn't pull the trigger on him And, and if you're the lakers by that time you might have cap space and you might have you know established young talent on the team and you might be able to go get him in free agency who knows you know so i mean there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall into place before i think we can really judge whether the lakers are right or wrong and I also think it's it's kind of sad and ironic and interesting that arguably the only team as dysfunctional as the Kings non-Knicks division is the Pelicans. 
And now mm. they have both of these kind of guys that a lot of people think could have the potential to be like top five, top ten players in the NBA. And you kind of wonder if this is going to be the situation where Cousins can flourish, whereas it's kind of been traditionally thought that he needs one of these stronger organizations that is going to be able to kind of put structure around him and put like a good team around him instead of seeming to kind of do everything by the seat of their pants. And I don't know if New Orleans is the organization to do that, even as good as that tandem kind of looks on paper, despite Mm -hmm. the possible spacing issues. But it also makes me think about like, are the Lakers the team to do that? Because I, I don't know that we know that they are necessarily set up infrastructure-wise to take on kind of a personality like Cousins. I, I think that you're almost, if you take him, and you should almost never make trade decisions based on what coach you have, just because players mm-hmm. are more important than coaches. But yeah. I think that if you have the young guys staying around, and you have Luke Walton, who's a rookie head coach, and then you bring in DeMarcus Cousins, and he's kind of all of a sudden becomes the veteran of this team, I don't know that that's the best outcome for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of uncertainty, right? Uh, with so much, you know, youth on the roster. And, I mean, the Lakers obviously traded or signed Mozgov and Dang, you know, to a lot of money to be kind of those veteran presences in the locker room. But, yeah, I don't know if that's enough to really keep a guy like Cousins kind of level-headed because you just never know with him. You know, I, I, I kept thinking earlier today, a perfect example of kind of who DeMarcus Cousins is as a player was their game against the Bulls recently where he hits the layup. He hits a really tough layup to tie the game with about 30, I want to say, under a minute to go. And and then the Bulls hit a couple shots late that really kind of seals the deal. And Cousins not only gets a second technical, gets ejected, but it was his 16th technical, which meant he was suspended for the next game. Like, that was kind of the epitome of what Cousins is. He makes, like, tremendous plays, you know, to you know elevate his team. And then the next second, he's doing something like that that not only, you know, hurts him, but hurts his team as well. So... Yeah, it's just it's a lot of uncertainty with with Luke Walton, who I think already has his hands full as, you know, being this. This is the first time he's been a head coach. And he's trying to get this young team to build the right habits. Right, right. And, you know, everybody kind of points like, oh, well, he was kind of a head coach last year. It's like he had the Golden State Warriors who won 73 games like that was one of the great like the greatest regular season team. Of all time, if you're going by... And he had by, Steve Kerr in his ear every single day. And Steve Kerr was yeah. still around. He just wasn't coaching the games. Yeah. And, I mean, Luke is... I mean, we... You know, as much as we look at the young players, like, I mean, Luke is learning kind of on the fly just like those guys are. As we've seen with some of his rotations. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, if you throw Cousins in there, yeah, you bring him a tremendously talented player. But at the same time, there's a lot of other things that kind of come you're, with that. You're putting him in a tough spot, I think. Yeah. And, and again, like, I want to make it clear that I don't think that you can judge someone, like, by, based off of their technicals, because everybody's competitive, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you can judge someone's, like, personal personality or whatever based off of their – how many technicals they rack up. But it does say something that, that you know, we're barely we, – we got, like, a fourth of the season left, and Cousins now is going to be, I believe, suspended for every single technical he gets from here on out, right? He, he's been suspended twice, I think, already. Man, so it, it's like I, I just don't like you have to have a better understanding of how valuable you are to your team than that. 
You and know? and that's like and that's the thing. You get a fire even if you have a fiery temper, and so that's just like that. That's just decision making, even even in the heat of the moment. And I like I speak as someone who's lost my temper and made regrettable decisions before. But you like in a basketball game, you you have to know when to when to chill out, especially when you have a reputation with the officials, because you're just never going to win that war with them, and you have to understand that. Yeah, and I hate to be that guy that brings up Kobe, like, oh, Kobe would have done this and whatever. But there was a number, like, probably a few years in a row where I Kobe think it was always. The year they won their first title. Yeah, Kobe always got really close to that technical foul suspension threshold. But whenever he got close, he knew to tone it down. Yeah. You know, and he never really got got to that level. Yeah, I don't think he ever did, but I remember him being asked about it in the media one year. I think it was – I want to say it was 2009, but I'm not positive on this. And he, they just said, what are you going to do now? And he just said, I'm not going to get any more technicals, and he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? You know, just yeah. – I mean, of course, Kobe has been had been in the league for a long time at that point, but it just kind of shows kind of the difference. And I think a lot of other star players would be kind of like that, where it's like, okay, I know I need to tone it down now because my team needs me. I can't be getting suspended for every single time I have a little outburst. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think with all of that stuff, it's kind of understandable why the Lakers wouldn't want to make a trade, even if I think it it is. There's definitely a possibility they come back to regret this, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I agree on that. There's no, there's, I mean, at least a decent chance, I would say, that they, they come back to regret it. But I mean, we've know. seen the effect that Luke Walton had on the players with the Lakers. Maybe he is just like, you know, like a he's basically the coaching version of a mood stabilizer where guys come in and they're like, oh, my God, I love Luke. I'm in a great mood now. Yeah. Because that's yeah. kind of how it was this summer with the Lakers. And again, it's a younger team who just had to deal with arguably the worst coach in NBA history. So a lot of things are going to seem better than that. And that's going to make you more excited. But I just I think it's like a tough spot to put Walton in. I think it's a tough spot to put the other young guys in. And if you trade all of the young guys for him, which I, based on the package the Pelicans took, I don't know that you would have had to trade all the young guys, but you definitely would have had to trade some of them. And if if some were left, I don't know that Cousins is the guy to teach them the right habits in the NBA, even as as well-meaning as he seems to be, based off mm-hmm. of all the reports of his charity stuff that he does with kids and even some of the stuff that he tries to keep on kind of the down low. Like, it sounds like he is off of the court, at, like, away, completely away from basketball. It sounds like he is a good person, or at least a well-meaning person. But I well, just don't know that he's the type of guy that you want around your young team. And the and the tricky thing about the Lakers situation that they the luxury that they didn't have that the Pelicans did was the Pelicans had first round picks and and I mean just other picks that they could trade. The Lakers though with their pick situation, you know, as it is, they don't have picks that they can trade right now before like 2021, I believe. Right, because like we're we're gonna have to wait and see how this pick this year turns out. If the Lakers obviously keep the pick. Then they'll give a 2018 first rounder to to Philly next year, and then after that they'll be good to go. But if they lose the pick this year, then they still owe Orlando a first rounder in 2019. So like right now they don't have the picks to trade, and if you don't have picks to trade, then that means you've got to trade young players on your roster. So that you're talking probably you know we obviously talked Ingram was kind of the deal breaker, but I think you've probably got to include randall and and jordan clarkson if you're not including d'angelo russell too so i mean it's it's a steep price to pay if it wasn't 
if there was no Ingram and it was Randall and Clarkson, which I don't know if that gets it done. I'm not a big fan of Buddy Heald, so maybe the Kings value him more than I do. But I, So I don't know if Randall and Clarkson gets it done. It probably doesn't. You probably have to include something else. But if it was right. those two guys as the main kind of value in the package and then you were sending like other contracts to kind of make it work, then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you do that in a second. <clears throat> But right. even with all the caveats that we just gave about bringing Cousins around a young team, he's just really good. And you do that and you try to get value. But if you're trading out your two most valuable young guys, then I just don't know that that's – it just puts a hard cap on your ceiling in my opinion. Yeah, and it's 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 a huge roll of the dice, like a, like we've said, for a guy that could leave you, you know, next next July. Like yeah. he could be gone. So Not this then, summer, but next summer. Yeah, and and then you would sit there, and the I mean, it would set the Lakers back by a number of years, it and they're already. Like, it would be if they did that, and he left, it would be like the Dwight thing all over again. Yeah, where they, you know, they they'd have to spend years and years trying to gather young talent again, and try and build another foundation, and then you know, who knows? Maybe they get to that point, and then another superstar is on the trade block, and they, you know, swing and a miss again. Like it, it could be like an endless cycle if they do it. So I think. I think really just learning from the Dwight Howard saga that, you know, they kind of went through. I think like they said, like I said earlier, they're just in it for the long haul. I don't think I think they they had to do their due diligence. Like if we can get Cousins for a deal that yeah, I mean the Kings know, are is, the Kings are clearly crazy. So yeah. if you can get Cousins for Mozgov and Dang, then yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. do that. Um, yeah, if you can get him for a deal that you you know obviously value less than they would, then yeah, you definitely pull the trigger. But if you're trading away pretty much all the the young talent on your roster for him, that's a pretty steep price to pay, considering you know how severely it could backfire. Yeah, because if you trade, say say you trade Ingram, Russell, and maybe Randall and or Clarkson, probably just one of those two guys along with them. And then you mm-hmm. like you send some other stuff to make it work trade wise cap wise, and then your team is something like Cousins, Mozgov, and Dang as your big three. Like that's rough. I, there are no free yeah. agents lining up to play with that. Nor would the Lakers have much space. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they they have to still I think get a little creative to you know create space to get a max guy. But if I looked at that situation and I'm like they've got you know a ton of money invested for three years in these two guys that are aging very quickly. And then the one piece that I would be signing for can leave next summer. That's not a place <laughs> I'm, that's not a place I'm going to, to sign with, you know? So, you know, you have to factor that kind of stuff in. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So I, I think we've covered all of our bases on cousins, right? Did you have anything else you wanted to say about him? No, I mean, I, I think we've, we've pretty much covered it. Just a, a like I said, a supremely talented player, but there's a lot that comes yeah, with. Arguably, like a top ten player in the NBA, mm-hmm. but he just—I think there are a lot of problems there. Especially the the biggest concern to me is that he's just shown no desire to play defense consistently. Yeah, and absolutely. We, we say that while talking about like Russell, who hasn't really done that either. But the difference is he's twenty. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he could make the Lakers' defense any worse, but he certainly wouldn't point. make them that's any a better. Fair point. <laughs> Um, so I, I, the, two more things I want to discuss with you first, uh, uh, before we get off here. And 
I, I think the first thing is originally this was going to be the header before all this cousin stuff came out, but Lou Williams uh, and he, you know, there was a rumor over the weekend that the Wizards were interested. There have been rumors that the Lakers are shopping him. And then now, uh, you know, there was uh, he responded to it on Instagram Live today. I, I happen to tune in for Lou Williams Instagram Live. That's where my uh, that's where my Sunday mornings are at. And <laughs> he was on vacation for All Star Weekend, and he was talking to fans. And one of them told him that he had been traded to the Wizards. And he proceeded to laugh with one of his – someone that was there with him. I, I think maybe his girlfriend. She wasn't on camera. But the, she was like, you've been traded? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, that's what they're saying. And he's like, I think somebody would have called me first. You would think so, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he basically just said, like, you know, it, it's it, – I'm going to be with the Lakers until then. But that he doesn't know what to believe anymore. And I think that that's kind of the stance that he's consistently taken. Last week he told us after a game – after the Lakers played the Kings and lost to the Kings – in a Lou Williams DeMarcus Cousins fourth quarter uh duel that I guess was Cousins best chance to audition for the Lakers uh you know Williams said that he's going to play with the team that he's with until he's not on that team but I guess my question to you is do you think he will be with the team and do you think he should be with the team after the trade deadline yeah that's the thing that Lou has said a number of times he just says I like to hoop so I think you know whoever he's with he's gonna just go out and hoop but um, I literally I don't think his role has changed for like the last eight years I think Lou Williams <laughs> he comes in and he scores and that's his job just get buckets that's what, he, what he gets paid to do yeah um I I have a feeling it seems like all the signs are pointing to him getting dealt this time around and and it would make sense because his value is as high as it's going to be, right? Like he's yeah, he's his, posting the highest usage rate and simultaneously the highest efficiency of his career. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah and like he's playing less minutes this year, but he's giving more production. Like his, I've pointed this out before, but his per thirty six numbers because he's only averaging I think twenty four uh, minutes a game. His per thirty six numbers are like twenty seven points and four assists. You know, per thirty six. That's, I mean, that's star caliber production for, you know, if you give him heavy minutes. For so like 7 million bucks a year. Yeah, on a, on a great contract. So I think, you know, obviously a team that's a, a playoff team that needs an extra an extra scoring punch off the bench. Obviously the Wizards have, have inquired about him according to, to Woj. Um, and it makes sense because they're a team that looks really close to being a serious contender out east. Uh, I think yeah, they just Lou need Williams, a little. I think would really help them because their bench is bad, and with yeah. Lou Williams, that looks a lot better because that's a guy that can just come in for like six minute stints and just get buckets. Yeah, yeah, that that would be like a perfect fit. It's better and, than what they have now, which is kind of the rare situation that you're looking for in any Lou Williams suitor. Yeah, and and the Lakers, if if Washington gave the Lakers, say they gave them a lottery protected pick, I don't think the Lakers would have to worry about that falling to the lottery. The Wizards right now are uh, slotted at the 24th spot. Uh, if if the season ended today, they'd have the 24th pick in the draft if they traded Lou for a first rounder to Washington. So, and this is a pretty good draft. At least it looks really good uh, on on the surface. We'll obviously see in a few years how good it is. But I mean, that's that's pretty good value in a in a draft. Yeah, that Lonzo, looks really Lonzo Ball's dad says he's better than Steph Curry. So there's that. Yeah, I mean. Just just get all the picks you can and tank and try and get Lonzo Ball, if that's the case. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, so I, I I agree with you. I think there's too much smoke for there not to be any fire. And I think Lou Williams, I've actually, like, I've really, covering Lou this year, I've really appreciated his honesty. I've appreciated kind of his being willing to answer even, like, tough questions when he gets asked them, like, about trades and stuff, which players don't always get asked about. And it's kind of a weird thing to ask them about because that's kind of their life and their job. But... Mm-hmm. I, you know, Lou, I think has kept it real. And I think he's been like a good professional for the most part for the Lakers and like a good guy for the young guys to be around for the most part. And so, so I think that people should appreciate what he's brought to the team. But I also think that by handing over the reins of that second unit to Jordan Clarkson and by taking away Luke's Walton, Luke Walton's safety blanket of playing Lou in fourth quarters, mm-hmm. I, I think those things objectively help the team long term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're trading Lou, because I, I tweeted this out in their in their last game against Phoenix, which was probably a bad example. But there's a number <laughs> there's a number of games that Lou Williams this year I think single handedly saved the Lakers from being blown out. Right? They, so you're I think if the Lakers lose the pick, it's Lou's fault. <laughs> no, I mean they're still losing games, but I think there's there's a lot of games that could have been like 15, 20 point losses if it wasn't for him. You know, there were games that they had a chance at the end. I think he's really helped them remain competitive for the most part of this year, even though the losses have really started to, to mount up since December. So, um, but no, I mean, yeah, it, it would make sense to to gain an asset for him. Um, and then, yeah, you get you open up more minutes for your young players, especially D'Angelo Russell. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you strengthen the tank, so to speak, and you know you probably increase your chances of getting to second um, ahead of ahead of the Suns going into the lottery, which we saw last year was a good spot for the Lakers to be in. Although they need it's to figure still... out a way to force the Suns to take Williams. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the ultimate double whammy. But yeah. but no, I mean it, it. It all just makes too much sense this year, especially because, like I said, like last year. You know, he was, I mean, he was still a good bench piece, but this year his stock, I think, on the trade market has just has skyrocketed as opposed to, to what it was a year ago. Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, and he's on such a valuable contract that, like, you know, like we're saying, I just I think that for seven million dollars a year you could do so much worse as your primary six man. And the reason I got held up a little bit here is because every every I've been keeping an eye a little bit on Twitter as we're live recording this on Sunday night. And Ramona Shelburne just basically gave more information on the Kings Cousins deal and just said the Kings told the this is quoting directly from her Twitter feed. The Kings told the Lakers that without Ingram they weren't interested. Sources said talks didn't get much further farther than that. So that's, I guess, where we're at right now. The Kings really wanted Ingram, which given the fact that they really, really apparently wanted Buddy Heald, I don't know if that's the best sign for Ingram's future. But <laughs> I was just going to say, like, if the Kings are showing a ton of interest in you, it's like, uh, maybe it's we like should Maybe your him. team should consider dealing that guy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> the Kings really want this guy. We should probably trade him. <laughs> like anybody else on our roster that you want, we got to like, we got to know right now before we sign him to big you know, deals in the future. Yeah, exactly. Because outside of Cousins, they have uh, not shown a ton of strength in the draft. And some of that <laughs> is just their kind of organization not being great. But I think mm-hmm. some of that is also on the players that they've picked. Yeah. They, they've they just started drafted really weird. Like this last draft, I mean, they're, I think their first pick was – the first couple picks were big guys. It was like the last thing they needed because they had Cousins and, and Colley Stein already. And they went with, I think, two more centers. So it's like, what are you doing? 
They, you know, they, they're just, they want to get all the big guys, I guess. <laughs> they're just going to play an all-seven-foot lineup. They're going to yeah. just punish small ball, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, hey the, the, Ranadive, I think that's how you pronounce his name, right? The King's owner? I think so. And so he he was the one that wanted to have got a guy cherry pick. I think he wanted, like, maybe the... <laughs> was he the guy that wanted the... No, that was Memphis that wanted the coach's headset, right? He just yeah, wanted the, he so. just wanted the cherry picker on offense while four guys played defense. He wanted I mean, to give that a shot in the NBA. The and, Lakers should try that since they don't stop anybody with five guys anyway. Yeah, I mean, hey, it might not be a worse <laughs> option, honestly, for the Lakers. So maybe they should bring him in as coach. But no, I, I just the Kings. We it's we never know what the Kings are doing, and you don't know that they're necessarily taking the most logical package for guys. So. This was like just it was a weird night. It's a weird trade situation and it rounds up kind of a weird all-star weekend that Gary, I just have one more question for you about is the earth round? Yes. Okay, yeah, I would agree. It's it's the same shape as a basketball. Yeah, I don't I don't think that we need to embrace debate on that one. I think we can both agree <laughs> the earth is probably round. Kyrie Irving, if you listen to the podcast and you want to come on and debate us, that's fine. We're what we're, we're you're more than welcome to come on and I'm happy to talk with you about your flat earth truthing. So <laughs> With that kind of with that kind of out of the way, I think that does it for us tonight on Locked On Lakers. Gary, I really appreciate you coming on. Tell people where they can find you and plug anything that maybe you have coming up. Yeah, you can just find me on Twitter at Gary Kester, my super creative Twitter handle. Um, you know, contributing for obviously Silver Screen and Roll, like you mentioned earlier, and for LakersOutsiders.com. So you can find you know pretty much all my work at either of those two sites. Um, I'm on Twitter pretty actively, so probably the best place to find me. It's just uh, Twitter at Gary Kester. Yeah, or Idaho, but I think Gary's like one of four people. <laughs> if you want to come up to Idaho, man, be my guest. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll buy you a drink or something. No, they should be. Hey, they should buy you a drink. You're a podcasting superstar now. <laughs> so, what, what, Gary, again, I really appreciate you coming on. People tweet at Gary that, uh, you know, if you enjoyed this podcast, or if you didn't, tell him he's dumb. That's fine. At Gary Kester. And oh, yeah. so, one last reminder as always, you can find our full shows on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, Stitcher, TuneIn, and today's Fast Break. I want to thank SeatGeek for sponsoring today's podcast they have been a sponsor from the beginning support them like they've supported locked on lakers if you like the show use the promo code lo lakers to get a 20 dollars rebate on your first ticketing purchase tweet at me or tweet at locked on lakers when you use that code we always love hearing from you guys when we can save you some money so anthony will most likely be back i'm not sure if we're going to do a show tomorrow today was supposed to be our off day so we'll see if we end up taking a day off i my voice certainly needs one as you could probably tell by this podcast and i apologize for that so, again, use the promo code LOLakers on SeatGeek to get a $20 rebate on your first ticketing purchase. And this has been uh, this has been an interesting ending to the show. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow.